Welcome to the Empowered Speaking Show. I'm so excited today because we have Sima Dahl. She's an award-winning speaker and trainer. She has a, her program is on marketing, branding, and she's really dynamic. I met her quite a few years ago with Toastmasters and then again at NSA, National Speakers Association. You're going to love what she has to cover today because she's going to help you get your business started. So let's learn a little bit about Sima. Hi, Sima. How are you? Hey, Valerie. I'm so honored to be part of your launch. Congratulations to you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Uh, now, you've, got, you've done so much you know, in the last few years in building your business and in helping other people build their business and in corporations and individuals. So let, me, uh, so let me ask you a little bit about how you got started in this. Sure. It's... Um... It's not by design, and of course, there are no accidents. I, I believe that there's a plan for everyone, but I certainly didn't see this one coming. I was a corporate marketer for 20 years, uh, what we call a business-to-business -business marketer, and my forte was marketing and supporting sales in very complex uh, services and products. In fact, 13 of my 20 years were in the high-tech space. And my career can be defined in one word, and that word is volatile. Here in <laughs> Chicago, <laughs> the, you know, the action was on the West Coast, the East Coast, and in Chicago, we called ourselves the Silicon Prairie. And I worked for startup after startup and eventually moved into mid-market and then finally global enterprise. But still, every two to three years, there was a dot-com bust or a merger an acquisition, something that found myself looking for work. And so unbeknownst to me, I was developing, you know, the personal brand hustle before we even called it that. And of course, as a marketer, my job is to support the sale. So I was developing my marketing, branding, and messaging skills for all those years, winning awards for my marketing prowess, but really getting burnt out on my career trajectory. So my last corporate job was for one of the largest top 10 independent software companies in the world. And a slightly larger independent software company acquired us. My job was redundant, out the door I went again, and I just looked in the mirror that night and I said, enough. And I wanted to catch my breath, so I started doing marketing consulting. I had a lot of connections in the high-tech space, so naturally, my first clients were startups that needed branding and messaging. And social media started to really become a, a, a marketing force to be reckoned with. Obviously, this was early 2000s. I decided that, Valerie, I was working so hard to grow my consulting practice, but the secret was, I didn't really love it. <laughs> I didn't really love it. I was, and I thought, you know, at this age, if I'm going to hustle this hard, I should be enjoying it. Mm -hmm. and along the same time, I was getting asked to share my knowledge on social media for B2B companies and what we now call social selling. And I discovered I had a, a bit of a natural knack for speaking, and I loved it. And I will never forget the day somebody said to me, what is your speaker's honorarium? And I about fell out of my chair. I didn't 
really connect the dots that someone like me, a corporate gal whose career was crazy, could get paid for doing something she loved. And I have never looked back since. Oh, that's wonderful. It's so amazing that people that are doing the work, and I love how you call it the hustle, because it's, it's been happening you know, ever since then. Every year we're seeing problems with you know, people losing their jobs, corporations scaling down. So I really love that you took you know, your life into your own hands. Yeah, I worked and, two and three jobs until um, the year, I want to say the year 2006. In fact, I had two jobs and went to grad school at night. So I am used to the hustle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't want to date myself, but when I graduated college, uh, your first job wasn't paying 60K plus. You know, it was more like mm -hmm. in the teens. I was still doing my laundry at my mom's house. So I've always been about the hustle. It's just who I am. Um, of course, running your own business is a very different hustle, as you know. But that's truly how I fell into speaking. And then what I learned about taking what I knew about personal branding and marketing and sales and packaging it up into talks and training and books and blogs you know, I learned, I learned as I went, like mm -hmm. most of us do. Mm -hmm. Now, was there any fear uh, actually in getting up on stage and speaking? I know that you're pretty dynamic naturally, but was there anything that was, you know, that you hesitated on? You know, I, 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 I kind of always fear this question because, you know, I have, um, I had natural um, stage skills. You know, mm -hmm. that was just sort of the luck of the draw. My dad was always cracking a joke. My mom was a phenomenal storyteller. And I was good at that. But the fear came in when I started getting paid. <laughs> and when I started getting paid good money, at a subconscious level, I felt I had to do more or be more or give more because, wow, look at this paycheck. And the truth is what earned you the paycheck is what you've been doing all along. So to this day, when I have a very, um, you know, high fee engagement, I have to sort of talk myself off that ledge. Like, look, don't do anything different. Don't try to be bigger or better because that only amps up my nerves. So that's really where I'm experiencing fear on stage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a, a lot of people don't really give value to what they learned along the way. You know, I think, oh, I have to learn something more if I'm going to do something different instead of analyzing what they what experience that they have and then packaging that absolutely right and listen i you know i like to remind myself i went to grad school i got an mba with honors i'm not an idiot by any means but the back office of running the business that is the hardest part of what i do and for some people it's the reverse you know they've got really good um, business operations experience um, but, you know, they're working on their speaking skills, their stage presence, their, you know, how they use the, their hands, how they use vocal variety. All of that can be practiced, can be learned. There isn't anybody who can't become a confident speaker, as you, you know, you know, through our work in Toastmasters. But learning to run the business, prioritize your time, negotiate fees, 
and market yourself. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a corporate marketer by training, but it's hard to cut your own hair. So right. that's where I'm really spending my energy. Yeah. And developing the business itself. That's right. Yeah. 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 There's, it's like we need coaches for different elements of, of our business. One of my biggest regrets in looking back on the dozen years I've been growing my business is not hiring a coach for different projects sooner. Not, mm -hmm. um, not thinking I had to bootstrap it and white knuckle it all alone. Mm -hmm. the smarter play would be to reach out for help earlier. And in the beginning, it's hard to justify the cost. Well, look at all these people building online courses or look at all these, you know, people with their dynamic websites, whatever it is. You think I should be able to do that. The first thing I outsourced was my accounting. And one of my dearest friends said to me, oh, I use Quicken and I manage my husband's business as Quicken. Well, I quickly realized that the thought of logging into Quicken had me in the fetal position. I hated it. It's not my strength. And it was the first thing I got off my plate. And the more you can outsource parts of your business and play to your strength, I think is the winningest strategy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because now you can focus on what you do best, what's earning you the money, and that's what's costing you the money. Right. So by hiring an expert in what you don't want to do is going to actually free you up to do more business. A hundred percent. Yeah. And also I think you're just in a better mood. <laughs> yeah, you sleep better knowing it's being handled by a professional, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's terrific. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you do in your business to, uh, to help other people. Now, now we're listening, we're going to have, you know, our listeners are women that are either corporate women trying to add speaking to their careers to get noticed, uh, or entrepreneurial women that are thinking, well, it's time for me to build a, a business on my own and get out of corporate. Absolutely. I've been working on my, on my summation of what I do for a long time because that's what I teach others. What I teach people is how to market themselves, how to stand out from their competition, whether it's as a business owner, a salesperson, or a corporate go-getter how to stay relevant, stay top of mind, and how to create demand for who they are and what they do. And I learned that by doing that, by always hustling for my next promotion, my next position, by learning how to network. People see me on stage, I'm confident, I'm cracking jokes at myself. They can't imagine that when I first graduated school, I couldn't shake your hand and look you in the eye and talk about who I was and what I did. I you know, was tongue-tied, I was nervous, self-conscious. So working through all of those limitations, if you will, busting through, being more confident, being stronger, being able to articulate my value online and offline is what I teach. We call it personal branding. Today, it's leadership skills. Companies, large companies in particular, bring me in to work with their emerging leaders, their high potential leaders. Because if those people can't make a name for themselves in their organization, it's harder to get ahead. And the harder it is to get a promoted, the higher the, the churn rates are. They're looking to groom their leaders and hope that they stay. But people who can't get ahead don't stay. 
So it's fascinating how today's businesses understand the power of personal brands and today's individual is only the only person who can market themselves. You know, for example, more and more companies are recognizing that the better their employees look online, the easier it is to attract top talent. You know, just five short years ago, companies didn't want their employees to look good for fear they'd be poached. So mm -hmm. it's a different world. Salespeople today are expected to understand social selling, to know how to become a subject matter expertise, to have uh, referrals and inbound inquiries because of the way they manage their personal brand. That's my happy place. I learned it by doing it, and now it's my passion to pass that knowledge on to others, especially women. The time has come. <laughs> no more shadows, no more behind the scenes. We have a seat at the table, and it's ours to take. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I said that's one of your talks is getting a seat at the table. That's right. So Yeah, so I love that. Um, what would you suggest to, for someone that might be a little hesitant about branding themselves uh, for fear of, well, I don't want, I want to stand out, but I'm afraid of standing out? Yeah, you know, you're not going to like my answer, but you have to get over it. You owe it to yourself, first and foremost. And when you practice these smart career behaviors, you inspire your peers your colleagues, the women you work with, the women who report to you, it has a, has a spiral effect. And a salesperson unwilling to learn personal branding as a means to generate sales, well, they're just leaving money on the table. The, the hardest part for people is not always the doing, you know, uh, updating how you articulate your value, your so-called elevator pitch, or optimizing your digital footprint or taking a course that I offer on confident communications. Those skills can be learned. What I find is more difficult, and oftentimes especially for women, is articulating how they want to be known. And personal branding starts with that. What do you bring to the table that you want to do more of? How do you want to be known in your industry, your community? And honing in on that short, tight list of keywords and phrases that you can then weave into your personal branding activities so that you can, you know, get etched in what I call your mental Rolodex. You know, stay top of mind and really own a part of my mind. So I think when somebody asks me, hey, who do you know who helps women with dot, dot, dot? I say, oh, you've got to talk to Valerie. Valerie crushes that. That's her whole purpose on earth. But I can't promote you and be a brand champion of yours if you're unwilling to gently remind me from time to time what exactly it is you do and how you aspire to be known. So you have to step into those shoes and just own right. it. Yeah, you have to own your brand and create the brand. Or somebody yeah. else will do it for you. Or nobody will do it for you and you'll mm -hmm. just fade into the background. And mm -hmm. Nobody wants that. No, no. And I, and I see that a lot in, in uh, women's, especially in corporate, that are tend to be invisible. They're afraid of, of speaking up. And I think sometimes they feel that in a meeting that they're talked over. I can't tell you how many times I've gone into a corporate training session and there are a few chairs short. 
and you know there'll be some chairs lined in the back of the room and a woman will come in late and she'll just quietly slide into a chair whereas if a man comes in late he grabs a chair and has hey can you make room for me at the table it's it's a it's a mind shift that with practice becomes second nature yeah because everyone deserves the women we deserve a seat at the table also yeah, if you and, want and, one, and, you have to take one. <laughs> yeah, and not be embarrassed about it and not have to ask about it. Just do it. That's right. Yeah. So what's one step that you, you can give someone now that will get them started in it? I would say when I teach personal branding, I have my four E's. You know, as a corporate marketer, I have to have some shtick, right? I call it your sway factor. It's your essence, like at your core. What makes you happy? What sparks joy for you in your career? Uh, and then the expression. How do you articulate it to others? The third E is enrollment. It's the behaviors that we embody day in and day out to have others buy into our personal brand position. And then the fourth E is just giving your yourself room to evolve. Room to look back and say, you know what? I really don't like this consulting thing. I might be good at it, but ugh, you know, there's got to be more, different, better. So I encourage the women listening today to focus on the essence in their expression and really determine how you want to be known. Just because you can do 25 things, you know, with one hand tied behind your back, that's not the same as what do I want to attract? What kind of position is my dream position? What kind of opportunity or lead is my ideal client for business owners? How do I want to grow this business? How do I want to attract sales opportunities through my networking, through my digital footprint? Really focus on those short list of keywords and phrases. Be really specific to say, I want to be a manager. I want to be a leader. I'm a ninja or a guru. I promise you, no one is looking for a ninja or a guru, and we have more managers than we need. <laughs> what we need are people with skills and expertise. That's where you want to focus on your personal brand to get started. And then, Valerie, I'd make the, the offer to your listeners to go head over to simadol.com and sign up for my five tips. It's five days, five emails on steps to take, one day after the next on how to stand out, stay relevant, and start creating demand for who you are and what you do. Really easy exercises. It's a great way to put a toe in the water. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's, uh, so make sure that you sign up for that because that's something that it's a way to get started and really start building your brand, building your identity because we all need to stand out in our expertise. We all need to own it. So thank you for offering that. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, if you're not in motion, I like to say if you're standing still, you're falling behind. So the trick is just being in motion. You know, in, in the five-day sequence, once a day, you're going to be expanding your how you perceive personal branding and small things, small steps you can take. But every week or every month, just moving the needle a little bit can be enough. It's not like every day I'm out there personal branding. It, it's, not, it's not a part-time job. But with some practice, 
it becomes an extension of the very way you work, sell, or run your business. Yeah, it's by changing how you're, you're perceived by your image. You That's know, right. How do you look? How are you dressing? How are you uh, showing up at work? How are you showing up on social media? Yeah, and, and you know, the uh, there's plenty of image consultants out there. I want you to look professional for your industry, but really it's in the action you take, what you say, and how you market yourself. And anybody who's lived through uh, the dot-com era, you know, uh, late 80s, all through the 90s, early 2000s, who's had sort of to hustle for the next job and the next job. You know, I graduated, Valerie, when there were not a lot of um, opportunities. You had to look under couch cushions for jobs. We didn't have <laughs> social media. We didn't have LinkedIn. We didn't have, you know, apply online. <laughs> we didn't have Google for crying out loud. Uh, times certainly have changed and they're only continuing to accelerate the rate of change. So this is a be set of skills, a behavior, a mindset that will last you the rest of your professional career and probably beyond. Yeah, that's terrific. Really appreciate you coming on the show. And I'd like to invite you for another set, another episode later on where you can really dive deeper into what you do best and how you can help women entrepreneurs and corporate executives really build their brand and understand it how that they can get ahead with it and increase their sway factor i would yes. love it thank you for the invite so give us your um your contact information again so it's just my name which is a little bit odd it's sima doll and that's just s like sam i am it Amazon Mary A. Sima. Think like Sima down now. <laughs> my last name is Doll, like Roald Doll, who wrote James and the Giant Peach. But sorry, ladies, no relation. SimaDoll.com. I'd love to see you there. All and right. Well, I'm on LinkedIn. I have a, you know, Twitter and Facebook. And that's really all I do. I don't like Pinterest much, Valerie, because it just makes me hungry. Uh, and I feel inept in my abilities to do crafty, pretty things. <laughs> so I stay far away. But I'd love to connect online with your listeners. And thank you again for this amazing opportunity to help you launch your awesome podcast. Thank you. And you are my first guest. Yay. And I'm looking forward to uh, hearing more about you in another episode. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Simma.